Hello and welcome to another edition of the Man to Man podcast. I am Trayvon. With me as always, my man Kelvin Dooley. How's it going today, Kelvin? What's up, TV? Things are going well. Ready to talk some sports. Yes, sir. Uh, so did you guys end up getting a lot of snow on the ground over in St. Louis? We did. Last last week, last Wednesday and Thursday, were our two snow days. Kind of threw a wrench into uh, a lot of my plans, I just sat around and, and, and was lazy those those two days. But uh, it's exciting. So we're getting back to to normal out nice. here. Yeah. Uh, we, we got plenty of snow out here as well. In fact, there's still snow on the ground. So uh, uh, the sun hasn't quite came out enough to melt it all away. So uh, nice February snow. And uh, like you said, let's uh, jump into talking some sports before that. I will give you a rundown, or I will give you guys a rundown of what we have on the list today to talk about. We're going to talk about the MLB, no, no longer testing players for steroids, at least for the time being. Um, Brian Flores came out and accused a couple of teams of um, some racist, racism inside their hiring processes. We're going to discuss that in the NBA. Um, there's a few teams streaking on a hot streak there's a couple teams on a cold streak in the eastern conference we will discuss that but before um, we get into any of that we have our national holidays kelvin today is extraterrestrial culture day uh obviously with discussing alien culture uh laugh and get rich in health day uh, national boy scout day and propose day do any of those stand out to you I like all of those. Um, the ET culture, is that what you said? Uh-huh. Yeah, that one's pretty cool. Um, okay. I think as I get older, I grow comfortable with the idea, the theory, the conspiracy, that, they, that there is ET out there, that there is um, other human life not on, on planet Earth, which we would consider extraterrestrial or alien. Uh-huh. So yeah. I grow comfortable with that as I get older. I mean, you know. The younger me is like, ah, screw that. There's, we're we're top tier. We're the only beings on on you know in this space. But I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. that one that one piques my interest a little bit. I got you. I think I think I'm still where you were at. You said the younger me. I think I'm still there. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, right, whatever. Uh, <laughs> so I'm not quite a believer of it. Um, but I wouldn't say it's impossible. But I'm not quite a believer of. Uh, life out there somewhere else um, outside of earth so i don't know um it's definitely interesting like you said it's a interesting conspiracy theory uh, but yeah uh, and then laugh and get rich in health uh in terms of healthness laugh and get rich today um it's always good to laugh so uh i say be sure and find the time to get some laughs out today watch something funny uh tell a few jokes whatever it takes get get a few laughs out today yeah, the one I, that I wish I would have did more. Um, I didn't participate in Boy Scouts growing up. Me either. Yeah, there's not a lot of Boy Scout opportunities in the city. So I wish I would have, you know, indulged in that uh, yeah. a little bit more. It's always seemed like an interesting uh, little, just something that, that would be fun when you were young. Um, yeah. I was never a Boy Scout, but. I know those people work hard to try and, you know, um, develop 
develop good young men. So um, definitely would have been something, you know, worth, I think, doing. Just never anything that I was uh, involved in when I was young. Either. Yeah. And then yeah. the last one. Right. Kelvin, sorry. Um, the last one, Proposed Day. I think this is funny that it falls just like a week before Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah, I don't. I don't have any experience with that one, like you do, sir. But uh, one day, one day we're gonna get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anybody out there, maybe uh, thinking about popping the question, I guess today is the day since it's proposed day. Uh, like I said, it seems seems kind of funny. It falls so close to Valentine's Day. Might as well just make it on Valentine's Day. <clears throat> with that, we will have a moment of do. That was a little louder. There we go. Yeah. That wasn't bad. <laughs> All right, Kelvin. So that one right out the can was good. I like that, the extra pop. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. I can, I can get by that one. A um, couple of teams streaking out in the Eastern Conference, Kelvin. Um, Toronto Raptors have won six straight. Boston Celtics have won five straight. Both of these teams were kind of hovering right around 500 before this. Actually, they were right at 500 before this stretch. Uh, both teams playing good basketball. The Raptors have uh, jumped themselves up to the sixth spot, which is no longer in the play-in tournament. Uh, the Boston Celtics, on the other hand, would be the eighth seed, which is still in the play-in tournament. Um, but nonetheless, both teams rolling. Who's hotter right now? Who do you think is maybe more of a threat uh, to continue this streak and continue this high level of play? Uh, I, I couldn't tell you who's hotter because I haven't seen either team play on this current winning streak. I will say I I do expect a winning streak like this uh, from a Nick Nurse coach team. He's a good coach. He has good players. He doesn't have uh, any A-level players, any superstars. Uh, but he just has quality players. And starting lineup, coming off the bench, uh, they had that good rookie kid, um, Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes, yes, who's had a good first half of the season. Yeah. Uh, he's kind of tailed off. He isn't quite the rookie that he was to be- begin the season, but he's mm-hmm. yet he's learning. He's learning at a good pace. He's learning from some good players. That is a young veteran team. That's not like a veteran team, but a young veteran team. They got guys who got who have titles, of course, who have played postseason basketball, been there, done that. So good coach, uh, coaching a good team. I would expect this a little bit more than I would from a Boston Celtics team, who I'm just completely out on. I love their two full players in Tatum and Brown. But, <laughs> and, you know, I, I don't know. They're just not ready yet. And we've seen those guys also uh, on the big stage against LeBron in the Eastern Conference Finals, you know, step up to the plate and answer that call. Uh, mm-hmm. But they're not ready. Um, that, that is a, That's a good team, too. But it's heavily centered around those two young stars. And they're just not constructed properly. So they have a ceiling. I don't expect those guys to make much noise or continue this winning streak. But it's good to see that keeps people off of Jalen Browns and Tatum's back. Uh, because yeah. for the season, there's been a lot of trade talks, a lot of trade talks about Jalen Brown. So to see those guys at least put us together for five games um, should acquire some of that that noise a little bit. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. I I, I think I think you know. A lot of the noise around these guys, we, we've already kind of mentioned this team. We've discussed them heavily uh, since we started this podcast. Um, just the fact that these are two talented, very, very talented stars in this league. Um, but they're young. 
you know, the, their experience at the big stage is not very much. Um, and just, you know, I, I think give these guys a break. Um, you know, the, wait till the front office properly builds a team around them and um, just see see what they can do then. Right now they're young. They're trying to lead a team of, you know, just not with, with not a lot of pieces, I would say, or maybe just not the right pieces nonetheless. Um, give these guys a break. I think they're I think they have the chance to be great. They just they need they need some help before they get to that big stage because they just they don't have very much experience there. It's gonna happen when you're young. Um the Boston Celtics, by the way, are 30 and 25. Like I said, they're at the eighth seed, which would be a play-in tournament. Um, but look, I think these guys can make some noise in the play-in tournament. I'm not going to say that they're going to go win a, a first-round series against the Miami Heat or the um, Chicago Bulls, even the Milwaukee Bucks, anybody like that. But I think they can make some noise. I think they could win their play-in tournament games and uh, you know maybe clinch a, clinch at least that first-round series uh, against a tough you know one or two-seeded team. Um, as for the Toronto Raptors, they're 29 and 23. Like I said, they're up to the sixth spot. Um, I think I slightly believe in this team a little more too. And I'm probably kind of biased because um, I do cheer for the Raptors. But I think, Kelvin, I think I believe in these guys slightly more than the Boston Celtics. I think uh, I think they're a little deeper, like you said. I think their starting five is, is really outstanding. Um, Fred Van Vliet, uh, Gary Trent Jr., who they acquired from Portland last year. Um, Scotty, uh, Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam. Um, that's that's just four there, and then they kind of alternate a big man. Um, but but every now and then, but now that he's healthy, it's been OG OG on and he's been really good since returning from injury. So this starting five, it's small. They don't have a, a real big in this starting five, but man, they can fill up the basket. Uh, they're both they're all five consistently in double figures. Uh, they're playing good basketball right now. Their key is to keep it moving, keep it going. Uh, and I think if they want to make a splash in the playoffs, they really need to go acquire a true big man uh, to kind of complement all of this guard play. Yeah, well, I think that they can match teams. I don't want to say the elite teams or the best teams. They can match – how about this? They can match point guard for point guard in their own conference. I think Fran Van Vliet, I don't think he's amongst the best uh, but when it matters the most, I think he can match a, a Lamelo Ball, a Drew Holiday, and again, I'm just talking the best teams and their point guards in the East. He can match Trey Young, and I don't mean match by point for point, bucket for bucket, uh, just play for play. He's fundamentally sound. He does things the right way. He goes about his business on that court properly, uh, and has that team in contention when it matters. He's a part of that five game winning streak. So, give me Fred Van Vliet over a lot of guys in the East. Ultimately, though. They're gonna they're gonna reach their ceiling. They're gonna get as far as Nick Nurse takes them. I, I, I'm not putting too much on Pascal's shoulders or Fran VanVleet for that matter. So uh, Nick Nurse from that from that Popovich tree, he's looking like the best coach from that tree. And yeah, he's one of the best coaches in the NBA. Okay, I, I can see that. Um, I think Pascal Siakam. I think I think he's in a growing stage right now because, like you said, you don't want to put you don't want to put a lot on his shoulders. He's just now learning how to be a number one or a number two option because when we when we when the Toronto Raptors won the finals um really he was playing behind um Kawhi Leonard and Kyle Lowry right um, so you know th those were your top two guys and he had a great finals yeah Pascal Siakam did don't get me wrong but um he was playing behind two other guys now he's your number one or number two 
uh, he, he's learning how to grow in that spot. I think this isn't the Raptors' year to really submerge um, with him at the helm, but I do think they're getting there. I think Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet are learning how uh, to run the show. My biggest criticism of Fred Van Vliet is he shoots a lot, and you want that out of your out of one of your top players, but he has a lot of five out of 20, five out of 19 nights, and when you're throwing away 14, 15 possessions, um, you know, with, with missed shots, you've got to start finding out when to distribute. There's got to be a time where you say, okay, the shots aren't falling for me today. I've got to distribute. Um, that's my one criticism. I think that's one place where the Raptors can improve is if Fred learns more often when he needs to distribute rather than shoot. He'll learn that. I think um, I think some of that is dictated by his role on that team. So with right. a guy like Kyle Lowry or DeMond DeRozan or Kawhi, he can fall back into that, that passing role. Um, as a number two, He's probably just relied on the score a little bit more. That's all. Yeah. yeah. Um, Kelvin, there's a couple of teams falling off in the Eastern Conference as well. The Brooklyn Nets have lost eight straight. The Charlotte Hornets have lost five straight. Uh, Brooklyn Nets have fallen to the number seven spot, which is a play-in tournament uh, area, and they've lost eight in a row. Just uh, which team is in worse trouble? The Hornets have also lost five straight. Uh, they've fallen to number nine in the Eastern Conference. It's one of these teams you think is in more trouble right now on their current losing streak. Easily the, the the Nets. And my my last take I spoke on the Nets was, and this is in conjunction with the Lakers, I would not be surprised if both teams missed the playoffs. I just wouldn't be. This especially goes for the Nets. Okay. There's hard-earned trade rumors. Kyrie only has 10 games remaining in the season. Kevin Durant is currently out. I don't really see an avenue for the Nets to make the playoffs. I really don't. You got an unhappy Harden. Look, overweight Harden is enough issues, okay? Um, you know, Harden in the playoffs is enough issues. Now you got now you have Harden, you know, leaking trade information and possibly wanting out. And now you're talking about a contract extension. You know, they're just not – it's not shaping up for a successful season for the Nets. It's just it's not, not looking – Pretty dim. So it, that one is easily the Nets. As for the Hornets, look, they're fun. They throw a lot of lobs. They have probably the most improved player on their team. Um, but they don't play no defense. And their best player is LaMelo Ball. And I like him. And he's an all-star, clearly. But, I mean, you're sealing what there is, what, a first-round exit? Probably. You know? So, yeah, I mean, the, the Nets are clearly in bigger trouble. I just don't have high expectations for the Hornets. As well, though. I mean, that's my stance for either team. They're definitely fun to watch. When they're healthy and they're clicking, man, that ball is moving up and down the court. It has been, it's like, it's the new Lob City, you know. Um, and then, yeah, they, they, they have a knack for the highlight. And that'd be Rozier, that'd be Ball, that'd be um, the most improved guy. What's his name? The high flyer. Miles Who's Bridges. Miles Bridges, thank you. Okay. Uh, yeah, the, all three of those guys have a, a knack for the highlight, but I don't. Yeah, yeah. I don't really yeah. see them really doing much. Yeah, I think these guys are deep, but they're deep in like currently, and I, and I mean no no negativity towards this team, but they're currently deep in just like middle of the road talent. Yeah, like they don't have that star yet. I think Lamelo Bell, Lamelo Ball has the potential to become that star. Um, yeah, just right that. Now, yeah, right now these guys are young. They don't have that guy that just stands out as the big superstar. 
Um, they're a talented bunch, like you said. They, they have a highlight reel type of team. Um, but, yeah, what what that gets you is, is you know, maybe a good first-round series. Uh, maybe you compete, win a game or two, but uh, get ultimately eliminated in that first round. So, um, I think these guys are in trouble, you know, coming down the stretch, losing five straight, but I'm with you. I think the Brooklyn Nets are in way more trouble. This is a team that obviously had way more expectations coming in. And having lost eight straight, and we're in February, and they've lost eight straight. Um, heck, w- back when you made that take, they were probably just starting this eight-game losing streak. Um, sure. And now it has compiled to eight games. I think you were probably on the money, man. This team might fall out of the playoffs, and if they don't, they at least fall into fall into the play-in tournament to where they're just trying to survive and get that seventh or eighth seed um, to actually make the playoff uh, bracket so to speak. So um, the Nets are, are definitely, in my opinion, are, are in a worse spot than the, than the Hornets just because this team came in with so many more expectations than Charlotte did. Um, now, Charlotte, again, I, I mentioned I think they're in trouble too, but I would say just with the expectations that were centered around the Brooklyn Nets and how they've ultimately failed all of those, I would say they are in a much worse spot. I agree with you. And I Check this out. Um I think super teams constructed in that manner, it they crash and burn, don't they? I mean, I, I, I think the Miami Heat experience with LeBron crashed and burned. You know, you, you lose the opening finals in that four-game stretch, and then you lose that final one in that manner in which they did. And, you know, um, Miami hasn't really been the same since. The Brooklyn Nets, this experiment is going to crash and burn just after two seasons. Two seasons, and this won't – I, I don't know. It, even the Warriors, the KD Warriors, and how that was, you know, brought about. Crash and burn with Durant missing a full season, Clay missing a full season, the Warriors fall into NBA. You know, I don't know. They were – I guess they had a play-in game. Expert. I, it just – It's just – It's like – I don't know. I, get, I get it. Because yeah. it's like – it's kind of like – they get off to such, you know, like the, the, they're so capable and we know what they're capable of and they have their good season. The Warriors won a title, but um, it's just like, it's so easy to like, oh, well, you know, they, you know, they were good. They were really good. And it's easy to remember how good they were. But like, I think we easily forget just how quickly they fell too. Yeah, um, And that's like the crash and burn effect. Like, yeah, they had the Corvette and they were flying down main street, you know, but you know, and we remember that. We remember seeing them flying, cruising, looking clean. But we forgot that when they got to the end of the road, uh, it was quite the crash. Um, so I get it. I, I think I think it's just they went from like one of the best we could see um, or the, one of the best teams we thought we could see to then quickly they evaporated. It was gone. So uh, I get that. And I think the Nets, un- unfortunately for them, they, they were never really sitting pretty, though. Um, they didn't do much with this. If this falls apart right now, they never did much with this. No, yeah, they did zero with it, you know. And, look, they were a Kevin Durant at least toe from an Easter Conference final against the Hawks. And I would have taken the Nets in that state over the Atlanta Hawks team, at least um, in that – no, was it – yeah, because they would have beat the Bucks. So, yeah, it would have been Nets-Hawks. Yes, and, sir. yeah, maybe in – you know, it, maybe we had the Nets, Nets, Suns in the finals, but yep. no, this is this is a complete over under underachievement for the Nets. 
Um, yes. you, you put a lot of that on Kevin Durant. You put a lot of that on Kyrie Irving. And I think Harden, in this, in this sense, in this scenario at least, kind of gets walks away unscathed, in my opinion. You know? Okay. Uh, I wouldn't be, I, I'll, look, I won't push back if you gave him 10% of the blame, 15, 20%. Uh, okay. But this falls on the shoulders of Kevin Durant, one, Kyrie Irving, and then lastly, James Harden. I think he, if he wa- if he was to be, if he wanted out of Brooklyn right now, asked for a trade before Thursday's deadline, I wouldn't blame him one bit. Not one bit. Because yeah. Kevin Durant isn't here. He's currently hurt, right? And he's, done, and he's missed a lot of games his first two seasons for Brooklyn. Brooklyn, don't get it yeah. twisted. Mm-hmm. He's hurt. Curry is a part-time player. Would y'all expect me to carry these nobodies for 82, uh, you know, 60 <laughs> games? That's hard to do, man. Bro. Hard to do it for James Harden now. because And he's not even the same player he was, you know, just two seasons ago. He's kind of – I think we've seen – I think we're watching the decline of James Harden. Slowly, very slowly, but I think it has started. Dude, and they've got – like, if this doesn't show you, they've got a 35-year-old – taking significant minutes. Oh, my God. Um, James Johnson. Like, do we even know who James Johnson – like, do we even know what he's really capable of? This man's like 35. He's been in the NBA for a while, but he's never been a top-tier player, and he's playing significant minutes. If that doesn't show you what they're trying to carry, the part-time Kyrie and James Harden, uh, yeah, man, this, this team's in a tough spot. Uh, last question before we move on to the next topic. Do you think um, – Sorry, I'm throwing a blank here. Do you think uh, front office or coaching, or do you think it's just this big three that needs blame? Do you think front office or coaching gets any blame for the underperformance? No, mm-hmm. I, I I put it all on the players, and maybe and, okay. and this is my reason why. For Brooke, for the front office, I, I don't blame any front office for taking the swing of acquiring Brooklyn. I mean, acquiring Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving. I'll take mm-hmm. the, my chances with that ten out of ten times. So yeah. they put themselves in position to do that. They successfully did that. Pass on the back to the front office. Um, and then the team you build around them, hey, TV, it could have been me and you out there. I expect those <laughs> trio of guys to go win a championship. So, no, I, that's why I don't put it on the front office. I don't put it on Steve Nash because what can you do? You can't – he can't suit up no more, and you can't, like, magically make KD heal quicker. And you can't give Kyrie Irving the vaccination. You know, you can't control James Harden's weight. And then, again, beyond those guys are just 35-year-old James Johnsons and and LaMarcus Aldridge, you know. It's just – so I – Blake Griffins. Yeah, Blake Griffins. What blame do you truly give to Steve Nash? This is the hand he was dealt, and he has to do his best coaching. And I think he's done his best. He's only in his second year. So his – I don't – to say that his best is a championship in just year two, I, I don't know if he's that special of a coach right now. So I don't – I put, again, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and then James Harden. I get that. That's where I shoulder the blame. Yep. Okay. Um, as for the NFL, oh, we're going to transition to the NFL. Uh, yes, with the big news heading into the Super Bowl, isn't necessarily about the two Super Bowl contending teams and the Rams or Bengals. But it's about Brian Flores um, and him suing the NFL um, for I I don't I don't want to say racism, but racism that's 
legal within the NFL, uh, which is the Rooney rule where you have to at least interview one minority candidate and teams kind of do it, but unjustly it's just kind of, they, they just kind of do it to be doing it. And some minority coaches don't feel like they get a fair shake um, at the opportunity at the head coaching spot. So I said that in, in short to say, yeah, that's what he's suing the NFL for. And mm-hmm. as he's suing the NFL TV, uh, Lovey Smith, a one-time head coach in this league already, a black head coach is hired by the Texans. So with that being said, that was a long introduction. Uh, TV, your thoughts on the Brian Florence suing the NFL and then Lovey Smith uh, following that up and being hired as the new coach of the Houston Texans. Yeah, no, you're good. I think I think that's the type of thing that needs a long introduction. It needs that explanation because it's not clear exactly. Honestly, I don't know if everybody knows exactly what's going on. Honestly, I don't know if I know exactly everything that's going on in this situation. I do know um, that you know you're you're right. Um, he he was concerned with um, the way that the you know hiring goes, the interview process. Um, he thinks that there are racist tendencies, if that's the right way to say it. Um, in the way they do this hiring process, interviewing process inside the NFL. Um, And and my first point on this, the first thing I want to talk about is the fact that there is a rule that you have to interview a minority. That uh, that alone is just just wrong. That's just wrong. Uh, The fact fact that we feel like we have to do that shows that something is wrong inside the NFL to me. Like the fact that we feel like, oh, we have to interview a black guy or we have to interview a female or we have to interview, um, you know, someone of the Asian descent, you know, whatever, whatever it is that isn't white. Like the fact that we have to make a rule about that is a problem in the NFL. Uh, It shows that the NFL knows that there's something going on or that there's maybe not an equal process. Um, there, there shouldn't have to be a rule. Um, you can't tell me that Eric Bieniemy of the Kansas City Chiefs isn't just as um, qualified as, you know, say, I don't know. I don't know. Gary Kubiak was a great uh, defensive coordinator who also was a head coach. Like, you can't tell me he isn't as qualified as Gary Kubiak was. Like, there, there's no reason Eric Bieniemy shouldn't get his shot. And he, Now, granted, he's been interviewed countless times for head coaching positions, but he has not been hired. Um, so, you know, just the fact that, the fact that there's a rule bothers me. I think there should be no rule. It should just be, you know, we interview who we think is, is, um, I guess, wor- worthy of a, a head coaching position at our, you know, franchise. So um, I don't like that. I think that's a problem. Um, in that sense, I'm with uh, Brian Flores. You know, if he has a problem with, with the rule itself, I'm with that um, because I think it's a, a bad rule. It shouldn't even be a rule. We should just be hiring who we want to hire. Um, and that should include anyone of any um, descent, it, no, any, any uh, race, any male or female, doesn't matter. Um, so I'm with him on that. Now, in terms of calling specific teams out, like he did the Dolphins, the Broncos, the Giants, uh, those three, uh, I think I'm not sure what he's doing there. I, I'll, I'll, I'll go as far as to say that. I'm not sure because unless if he has this proof that, that does come, come in because the NFL is under investigation on this, Unless if he has proof proof of this, and unless if he you know is, is just one hundred percent confident, you know he's really risking. And and he mentioned uh, knowing that he's risking his his career as a coach. 
Um, but he's really risking it. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I hope he's speaking on truthful, you know, terms and speaking on really what has, has happened to him and how he truly feels. And I just hope he's not trying to throw, um, you know, a team under the bus to try and get someone in trouble, but for just for, you know, no reason. I, I, I just hope that he is being a truthful man, I guess, in that sense, because this is really going to hurt his um, reputation, you know, inside the NFL. If this becomes, you know, if the NFL does the investigation, and they don't find anything. Um, you know, that I just think it's a big risk, but I'm with him. I think the rule is, 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 is bad. I think the NFL has got a bad look there. Um, and in terms of Lovey Smith, that, uh, that was a long explanation too, Kelvin. My goodness. Now, now I'm looking back thinking, man, I talked for a long time on that. Um, in, in terms of Lovey Smith, um, look, he, he, like you said, he's been a head coach. He's, he's been qualified. Um, I think, you know, he, he has a chance now to try and turn around a Texans team that has been really lost. Uh, ever since the Deshaun Watson news. So um, he's got quite the task ahead of him. Um, but that team's got some talent. Uh, it's going to take a lot of rebuilding, I think. But they've got talent there. They just need to draft well. And, you know, maybe Lovey Smith can turn that team around. Yeah, so I'll start with Lovey Smith. You know, he's he's an accomplished coach. Uh, mm-hmm. n- nothing, you know, of, of Super Bowl worthy yeah. or or accolades. But – um. Certainly, I remember his days in Chicago, and he take. He, I think he took that team to multiple NFC title games. Maybe, maybe multiple. I know at least one with Jay Cutler, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and, but that was led by a really good defense. He's, and he's a defensive-minded, um, you know, coach. So, um, look, I, I'm glad he got the opportunity first and foremost. And um, he had, yeah, like you said, he has his plate full. So it's not like he. It's not like he's taking over a a well-run team right now or functional yeah. organization uh this organization is in the pits so uh i'm glad he got the opportunity but it's not like he got you know he wasn't really given a great hand so yeah. uh and then brian flores i appreciate him suing the nfl at least shedding light on what takes place in this business right mm-hmm. so um i don't think it's racism it does has it does have racial undertones to it in the nfl so uh, it's 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 a double-edged sword, really, sword, because he's doing something great and phenomenal, and he'll go down in the history books of the NFL um, as a fighter, as a, as a fighter, you know, as as um, as someone who you know who's willing to embrace or the fact that you may be sacrificing your career, you may not never get a, another head coaching, you know, gig again because you're willing to oust the NFL and call out this racially undertone issue and concern mm-hmm. that's always been around in the NFL. And then, like you said, he specifically noted out some key franchises, so and, which is not a good look. So I wouldn't be surprised if he never worked again in the NFL. Uh, but that would also show the racial undertones because he's a great coach, and the numbers back that up. And by numbers, the win column, that mm-hmm. back that up. It supports that. He knows how to coach. So if he never – gets an opportunity again, shame on the NFL once again. So he's actually, you know, he's doing something great. I applaud him. I appreciate it. I think it's cool. Um, mm. But I think that comes with great sacrifice. And you, you're a tough man. Um, you, you, Yes, you're a, a worthy man uh, to sacrifice what you've worked so hard for uh, just to do what's right for not just you, um, but, you know, for everybody, for the next minority head coach or coach period in the NFL. So um, he's doing something phenomenal, man. So much appreciation from, from me. Absolutely. Um, 
I, th- I think what he's doing does show um, just that, that he has strength to, uh, you know, stand up for, for just what, what he believes is right. Um, and what a lot of people believe is, is right. You know, there, there's just, there's no reason um, for head coaching, you know, jobs to, to be limited to a specific uh, type of person. So, um, you know, if that's the case inside specific franchises, uh, that's a problem. So, um yeah, I, lastly on on Flores, look, he did a good job in Miami. It was weird to see that he got fired. Um, yeah. And that's when all of this came. Uh, so he did a good job. I was confused that he got fired. That's when all of this uh, news came to fruition when, when he was fired. Um, so it's just odd to see, I guess, right? Like the firing and then all of this coming up, um, it just – it's it's a weird time um, for the NFL uh, that uh, you know hopefully in this investigation hopefully they they go um, you know and do their job you know and do it well um, and actually look you know to see what they can find on his um, you know his claims in his lawsuit so um, you know weird weird time for the NFL um, Brian Flores you know I wish I wish him the best because I think he's had he's had a, a good start to his coaching career with the Dolphins and um, you know hopefully this isn't the end for him. You know? Um, you know, they're able to do this investigation and still, you know, he hopefully he still gets opportunities uh, to coach in the NFL because I think he did a good job with the Dolphins. Uh, I think he's a qualified coach in the NFL. So um, uh, la- last thing that he, that he mentioned that I do want to bring up is that um, he was paid to lose games potentially. He, he said yeah. that the Dolphins paid him to to tank. Um, and, if, and if this is real, uh, I think the NFL, if they find – facts behind this like that that they were trying to pay him to lose games um and and they find facts behind this i think the nfl should clean the dolphins uh front office out i don't i don't care who was the one i don't care if it was only the owner i anyone associated with miami dolphins that was a part of trying to tank and pay to lose games uh that, that takes the competitiveness away if you're paying your coach to not coach correctly uh, get out like you don't belong in a competitive game at all in any way shape or form uh, they wanted him to you know tank to draft Trevor Lawrence um, like just get out you do not belong in a competitive sport especially at the professional level get out um, there's just no no room for someone who's not competitive and who is paying a coach to not do his job correctly yeah that's yeah that's <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, I agree with that. That's that's just not. There's no look. There's no room for that end game in in the sport. Um, I would not be surprised if it's already in the sport. <laughs> I know if it's already in the sport has been taking place. Uh, that's gambling at its finest. We now live in an era where gambling is okay, you know, and to do it in sports, they have it in the arenas now, uh, and they have it in the facilities. You can do it at the game, and you can bet on you know so on and so on. But yeah. Yeah, no, and final thing, I hate that this is taking place leading up to the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl, um, yes, I'm still grieving over my team's loss, but it's still the Super Bowl. So when it approaches, I'll be locked in just with everybody else uh, because this is the grandest of the games. And I hate that this is being – we're not talking about the Rams and Bengals all because of this case. It's just – it kind of sucks for the NFL. It's a black eye because you're supposed to be leading up to – the best game of them all and it, yep. you got this hovering over the super bowl it's just poor timing it is it is i agree with that 
into the MLB. Uh, we, we cover, we're covering all three sports today, Kelvin. Uh, the MLB in the middle of a lockout there, uh, um, drug agree- their drug policy agreement um, has come to an end. Uh, and since that has come to an end, that contract has ended. Uh, they do not have now a, uh, you know, policy for um, how they're, you know, going to go with, with drugs being used inside the game. Um, and, and with that, they're no longer going to be testing players for steroids. Now, of course, that could end fairly quickly if the lockout ends soon and then they, um, you know, sign an, or, you know, sign another uh, collective bargaining agreement. Uh, then, of course, players will probably be tested for steroids again. But for the time being, they're not going to be. Do you, re- do you think we see players uh, try to take advantage of this and start using PEDs as soon as possible? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, duh. <laughs> Look, I wouldn't be surprised if at year's end, at the at the end of the Major League Baseball season, 60 players, 160 players, 200 <laughs> players test positive for PEDs. Because, yes, there was a window where it was legal, and they can't pop me for it if there was no agreement um, between the PA and, and, the, and Major League Baseball. So, yes, I do think players will – We'll take their chance. And look, not even take their chance. We'll use it. And I'm not truly like against it, given that it's legal. If it's illegal, then I'm completely against it. But look, they pop PEDs now. And I think that just means for greater or, you know, more offensive baseball uh, until the, you know, they install the rule again. So that means more, I don't know, hits, more home runs. Uh, hopefully, guys are faster, some more stolen bases. These guys are going to be all pumped off our PED, so they're going to be climbing walls, robbing home runs. You know, I, I assume they're going to be diving all over the place. Um, I, I don't know. I think we're just going to get a field full of Supermans. I'm not opposed yeah. to, you know, having a, a whole diamond full of Supermans, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Kelvin, if you look at if you, if you just sit and think, like it feels like baseball's a long ways away. But if you actually look, spring training is supposed to start February like 26th, right. um, which is less than three weeks away. Pitchers and catchers are supposed to be reporting, I think, within the next week. I think pitchers and catchers are supposed to be reporting to spring training. But with the right. lockout, I don't know if any of this is going to happen. And if I were to get my guess, I don't know. I think we're too close. I, I don't know if we're going to get a true spring training. I think spring training might get pushed back. It might get cut short. Um, one of the two, I think, will happen. I don't think there's any way. Baseball is starting on time. We're still in a lockout. Uh, we're like three weeks away, less than three weeks away from the start of spring training. I just, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that we're going to get a full spring training or even a full MLB season. I am concerned uh, that we get pushed back a little bit. This is the first lockout they said, you know, in, in however many years. It's been a long time. I think over 20 or maybe it's been 20. I can't remember. Um, it's been a long time since we saw a lockout. Um it doesn't seem like they're going really anywhere. I've read few reports on it, but I have read a few. Um, I'm afraid our season's gonna gonna be cut short. And you know, with the season cut short, I, look, I think I think these guys are gonna jump on the PEDs too. Um, is everybody gonna do it? Probably not. But a lot of people, yeah. Um, boy, I hope those numbers get as high as you were saying, 60, 160, 200. If they get that high, me and you might be able to find a spot on the Kansas City Royals and St. Louis. I'm telling Royals. you, hey. <laughs> I'll take AAA. You know, I'll yeah. take AAA. Then you got to be the minus, the big show. <laughs> yeah. We might be able to find a spot on a minor league roster somewhere. Um, 
No, but but on a serious note, I, I think I think these guys do start using them. Uh, I think you see guys start to test it out. I mean, like you said, there there was nothing that could be done for this, you know, stretch of time, however long this lasts. Um, so you know, if they get off of them. Um, before they get tested, you know, and, and if the timing's right, you know, they, they get to use them for a little bit and uh, try to benefit themselves while they can. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think I think you see it happen, especially if the season gets shortened. I think you see it happen. They're going to try and take advantage of a shortened season, um, you know, help your team as much as you can early on uh, in a short season. Um, yeah. And again, look, there's, there's no guarantee of that, but I think it'll be a shortened season. And look, these are the guys who use them the most. We're going to see – I don't know, and I'm just I'm just shooting shooting the crap now. I think we're going to see sixty percent of the contract year guys test positive for PEDs. Okay. The guys who have one year left on their contract, guys fighting okay. for you know a two hundred million dollar extension, one hundred and fifty, you know, yeah, seven yeah. seasons. You know, we're going to see a lot of those guys popping PEDs. So look, I, I got two hundred million dollars on the line. Why not pop a PED if it's legal? Why yeah. not? I see what you're saying. Yeah, these guys, these guys looking looking for their next deal. I mean, there, there's no, you know, it, it just makes sense that they yeah. they would, you know, because I mean they're they're playing to get that next contract and they want that contract to be bigger than this one, uh, you know, and they want to uh, extend that contract. So yeah, I think uh, I think I think I think you're right. I think that's those guys that you're going to see do that. Um, overall, you you kind of already made your uh, feel on it, but overall, Kelvin, do you think this is good for the game that that this window has kind of hit for players to be able to use PEDs? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm leaning more towards yes than no, um, okay. and I don't look. I don't really put too much into it. Not not PEDs in this sport. Um, I would. This would really have me worried if this took place in football. You know, opposed to baseball, uh, PD, PEDs in, in, in baseball is, I mean, they go hand in hand. You can't really talk about the sport without them. So, hey, I wish this was okay. a thing 25 seasons ago opposed to now, you know, um, you know. Yes. Hey, maybe you just let Mark McGuire and Barry, Bison, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens in. Just let him in. I don't want to hear no more. Like, this is, I'm you guys continuously this talk about this like it's a good thing, like, it, just don't let them in or let them in. It's not it's not that hard. And I'm sure you got 100 PED users in the Hall of Fame already. Just let the guys in, yep. you know, and, and, yep. and get over this. Like, it's a shadow over the over the sport at this point. You know, it's – we don't continuously talk about um, the guy who hit his, 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 his fiancé in the elevator, the running back. I forget his yep. name right now. Ray Rice, yeah. Ray Rice, yeah, we don't talk about that. We don't continuously harp on it. Like, it's it's in the past. It was a stain on the NFL, but they got over it. This right here, the Major League Baseball just can't seem to get over it. And, yeah, if this was a thing 25 years ago, I love it. And I kind of like it now, and it's not a big deal to me right now. I just don't – yeah, that was a long rant, but yes. No, no, I, look, I, th- that was, I think that was the perfect it, thing. I was going to bring that up myself um, because my next thing was um, – my feel overall, uh, I'm I'm a purist. I think baseball has way too many of those. Um, so myself included, I'm I'm one of the way too many purists. Um, I I don't like it. I guess like I don't like mm-hmm. the thoughts of players cheating. Right? Like like the the thought of cheating is just I'm not with it. 
Uh, but I get that it happens, and I get that people do it. Um, I get that it improves their game, and that's what they're trying to do. Um, but the thought of it cheating is is what kills me. Um, and again, I'm too much. A, I'm one of the too many purists in baseball, and I think that's a problem with the Hall of Fame. Look, these guys have been using them for for a long time. They've been finding ways yeah. to improve their game for a long time. Sammy Sosa. Um, before uh, he wasn't, I don't even know, he might've been, but I don't even know if he was using steroids, but he was corking his bat, right? Like he was, he was putting something in his bat to give it more pop. Like that was still trying to improve his game. He was, he may not have been taking drugs, whether he was or wasn't, I don't know, but he was trying to improve his game. There have been so many ways over the years to make yourself better. It's look, it's just no, there's no way around it. It's been a thing for a long time. Should these guys get, knocked out of the hall of fame for it no like barry bonds if you pay attention to baseball you know where he stands statistically he's, he's some of the he's one of the greatest in, in many areas um the man was walked so many times because of how good he was do you really think peds make him hit the baseball no they just make him hit it further like like yeah i get it it makes him hit it further you know maybe it knocks off some of his home runs but this man could hit the baseball no matter what and PEDs don't make you see the ball better and hit it better. Your hand-eye coordination is true. It, it, I mean, there's there's no way to really improve your hand-eye coordination. It, your hand-eye coordination is what it is. And the fact that that man could barrel the ball up as often as he could and smash the baseball out of the yard is just true uh, talent. I mean, there, there's no way around it. That's That's how baseball works. The only thing is, yes, the steroids might have helped him hit a few more out of the yard than what he would have without him. But who cares? And the man, the man's raw talent at baseball was worthy of the Hall of Fame, and there's no reason he shouldn't be in there. Uh, with with Roger Clemens as well. Look, I think, I think uh, you know the, the, these guys should be in the game uh, in in the Hall of Fame. They they were good at the game for a reason. Um, they the PEDs didn't make them good. PEDs didn't get them to the MLB. I'll put it that way. You get to the MLB based off your talent. You don't, you don't, you don't just take drugs and and magically end up in the MLB. If so, I probably would have ended up in the MLB if I'd have started taking PEDs in high school. <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah, no, no same here. No, same here. You know, I would be, I would be the best. But um, you know, is. Those guys that we just named, so the McGuire, the Sosa, and the Bonds, the Clemens, they if you if you go back to when at the peak of baseball, the most recent time baseball was at its peak was probably included all four of those guys. You know what I'm yeah. saying? At one point. So right. you can you can honestly say, or at least debate, since their departure from Major League Baseball, baseball quite hasn't been the same. So those guys help you elevate your sport. And yeah, maybe with PEDs, but you guys rode that wave. It was okay then. So now yep. you don't let them in the Hall of Fame. Now it's just it's whatever. It's okay. Well, I'll play the game, Major League Baseball, but you're not fooling nobody. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's what's that's what's wrong with you, you now because you think you know every damn thing, uh, Major League Baseball. You but you don't. Okay. You just don't. And I think it just boils down to to the amount of purists. And like I said, I'm a purist. Truthfully, to me, it hurts like to to know that there's someone cheating the game. Um, but look, like it it does not it does not give them more talent. That's all I'm that's all I'm yeah. gonna say. And it should not keep them out of the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, like it just I think I think with this, I think that you're gonna see guys start to take them um, back back to our the initial topic. I think you're gonna see guys start to take them. Um, do I think it's bad for the game? Eh, kind of 
Do I think it's good for the game? Yeah, kind of. I mean, look, more entertainment, right? And, and that's what the MLB needs. Um, you know, I, I was talking with a guy not, not that long ago who, who was saying that, you know, I, th- I think the MLB is missing that flair that the NBA has. You know, guys get to celebrate in the NBA. They shoot threes. They, you know, they they do little dances. They, you know, talk to the crowd. They look at the they look at the uh, players on the bench, and they're like, you know, which one of you is going to come out here and guard me because he can't, you know. And, like, the fact that they can say little little banter like that to each other and, and it's okay, like, that's, that's the type of stuff I think that someone I was talking to was saying that's the type of stuff the MLB is missing and I think they were right like you know that you need that in the MLB right like you hit a walk-off grand slam or something you know walk-off home run you run around third base and you point and you talk to the guys in the dugout like you better get somebody else out here tomorrow to pitch to me or I'm gonna do this again you know like like look like the MLB needs some of that banter not that it doesn't happen but I think it's at a much less extent they need more celebration they need more fun um, I, I know that the purist in baseball doesn't like to see the showboating, um, but look, it's it's part of it's part of the way people play nowadays. Uh, the the uh, extra extra um, celebration. It's just part of the part of sports nowadays. It seems like they even do it in the NFL. I mean, my goodness, they get an interception and they'll run seventy yards to the other end zone just to take a picture. You know, like come on, like this is it's goofy, but it's fun. Uh, let's get let's get more of that let's get less of that purist old school let's get some of that out of the mlb i think it'd be better yeah just evolve you know that's that's really it in baseball i don't say that as if baseball hasn't evolved but it hasn't evolved like major league soccer has it hasn't well their stars are getting a little bigger and they're also bringing in stars slowly but surely from you know uh in europe uh they haven't evolved like the nba or the nfl you know you know, it's just hey, yeah. I don't know. Maybe golf is even out evolved enough over <laughs> Major League Baseball. Maybe you can make that case. But yeah, we um, had a, we had a quite the rivalry recently with the the those two golfers, DeChambeau and uh, yeah. I'm forgetting the other guy's Kepka. name. Yes, yeah. yeah. So they even Brooks had Kepka. a little uh, drama going on in golf last year. Maybe we do need do need a little more of that. Alex Bregman kind of gave us some drama uh, from the Astros recently, but I think that's the most drama on social media we've seen in the MLB. <clears throat> yeah. We can, I don't, I don't know. We can, I could say to take for another day, but baseball, yeah, we, we need to get back to real feuds, you know, where, you know, yeah, well, guys really hated each other. I guess you could say that across all sports, really. But baseball, a great rivalry in baseball is really good for the sport. It's mm-hmm. really good. A really good rivalry is really good for the sport. But, yeah, yeah we're, we're chatting long enough. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, the Man of Man podcast, we thank you guys for listening and tuning in. Much appreciated. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I think that was some, um, some lengthy takes and good takes on some good topics, TV. Yes, sir. I agree. And uh, we'll be back for much more of that. And uh, probably a big Super Bowl preview on Friday. So we'll be back with plenty of takes and some Super Bowl discussion on Friday, I assume. Uh, So stay tuned and be back with us on Friday.